Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. We are back. It is Lifeline, hour number two, 888-FORKFAX, 888-367-5329. Phil has left the table. Uh, we got a call from Carolyn, and, uh, oh, that wasn't pretty. Holy <laughs> cow, my goodness. I'm amazed I'm still alive. Good night, brother. Love you, man, and uh, it was such a sweet treat to see your face. There we go. Yeah, he's not, Carolyn, he's not talking. No, he's, he's, he's being quiet now. He's being quiet. <laughs> oh, we are talking about discipleship, and what a sweet time of fellowship it has been tonight. I hope you are getting a sense and an understanding of a bit of what discipleship actually produces. You get this kind of camaraderie. You get this kind of fellowship, this agape fellowship. It's you know, and and I'm sorry, but if you th- if you got the idea that agape fellowship is a coffee and a donut in between services and a <laughs> hi, how are you? Going to watch the game? I'm sorry, yeah. you are sadly mistaken. That is not agape fellowship. And I truly believe, you know, before we were uh, uh, before the show tonight, we were talking about where we were going to go and what we were talking about. Right. In the back of my mind, Larry, I'm thinking, man, agape is such a key part of this because at the end of the day, that's a lot of what we're talking about. Right. If you want to try and identify this, and I, w- I, I, I do want to get back to you, sure. Ron. I, <laughs> I, I'm still focused on this idea of, okay, what are some of, the, what does it look like? What are the qualifications yeah. of being a discipler? You know, and and I think Phil helped us a little bit in the fact that you can't you can be discipled by being a discipler. Yeah. It it encourages you as you encourage us others. You know. Yep. But there is this integral part of discipleship that translates into this fellowship, and it is sweet. Uh, and and I think of the verse uh, in in the Psalms like oil running down Aaron's beard. Um, there is a there's a priceless preciousness about this, yep. isn't there? Yep, there is. There is. I I, I think that. Um, well, we'll let Ron speak a little bit because I've been I've been dominating, which is not unusual for me. But maybe Ron, you could. <laughs> I, I won't say a word. You can fill in some of this. My last name's Howard. I'll say that. Um, I I think that what Phil was saying earlier and what we alluded to, and then even what Ron said about. As a parent, you know, there's uh, no, well, no more important discipleship I think that you'll do than discipling your own kids. But, you know, I, I think of this, um, and this is just, this isn't a, a characteristic necessarily, but um, I'm trying to find a spot biblically where, um, and Ron's got more schooling than I have, um, where obedience to what God said to do leads you to non-reward. Mm. Yeah. I can't find it. Yeah. I don't find anywhere. I always find obedience to have blessing with it. Yeah. And I think we're commanded to be disciples. It's not a choice. You don't get to go, I just don't want to do that. Yeah. Now, there are levels of that. 
There's levels of it. The Galatians 6, 1 and 2 passage where he says, those of you who are mature, go to someone who's in sin and talk to them. So there's, and, and there's a discipleship there, actually, if you mm-hmm. think about it. You're going to them biblically. You're telling them, you know, we did this thing here at Valley. We do this thing called counseling. We call it biblical counseling. We provide biblical counseling. Yeah. What we call that, that's discipleship. Yeah. What we really have is a discipleship ministry, not a counseling ministry. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, so on that note, then, Ron, what does this look like, qualificationally speaking? And uh, as Larry just mentioned, and that's that, that may be another question to tag along on the backside of it. Can you be a disgruntled discipler? Can you do this reluctantly? Is this something that can actually be achieved reluctantly? Not effectively, I would say. Well, uh, there we go. When I think of what would the qualification be, what came to my mind immediately was that if I'm going to disciple anyone, I need to be a disciple myself first. That's the primary qualification, that God has really captured my heart, that uh, I've given my life to the Lord Uh, The Spirit of God is at work within me, and then God can take us wherever we are in our walk with Christ and use us however he wants to use us. And I think some of the things I've experienced or or seen as I think about this idea of discipleship, and we've kind of already talked about in our opinion, it's not so much about the, the model of it, you know, that we're using and that sort of thing, but that the Word of God is at the front and center of it's the content, right? And uh, for me personally, as you heard or may have heard a little bit earlier, when I first came to Valley, I began to hear the Word of God preached, got into this uh, Timothy class that Pastor Larry was referring to here a little while ago. And I can remember it was like uh, the more that I learned about and knew and understood God, the more I wanted to serve him ultimately. Mm. And so there's this connection that's got to be there, right? I think when we talk about uh, being a disciple, there's this element of we're learning, we're surely learning, uh, but we're also following and putting into practice. And those two things go hand in hand. And when I've been around churches over the years, there have been times where I've seen people emphasize more of one than the other, right? We we teach, 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 teach. And maybe we're not doing as much together in service, in prayer, in some of the ways that we have. And for some reason, it's not translating over into life as much. Or we're saying, we've got to get out and do this, and we've got to do that. And yet, um, we're, we're not learning and growing in our faith and our knowledge of God necessarily. We're just trying to do things for him. I think the Word of God does an amazing job, not surprisingly, of keeping those two things in balance when it comes to learning and discipling. And there's a couple of passages I just wanted to read here where we see those two go hand in hand, that they're not in competition with one another. And so one of them's from Colossians chapter 1. This is verses 9 and 10 where it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So he's asking uh, that they would have knowledge, that they would have wisdom and understanding. And then listen to what said next. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, Mm. bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And so those two things aren't competing with one another. They go hand in hand. As we grow in our knowledge of God, it should translate when the spirit of God's at work in our life 
over into what we do and how we live our lives. And then Paul in Titus 1.1 begins the beautiful book uh, by saying, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. And listen to what he says, which accords with godliness. This knowledge of truth is in keeping or it's consistent with Godliness. Godliness. It's not just one or the other. And so I love that balance. I think when we talk about discipleship, there's real learning going on. And then there is following and putting into practice the two are not uh, detached from one another in some way. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, according to John 15 also, in 15 verse 80 says that, um, well, I'll read it so I don't mess it up. My father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit and so prove yeah. to be my disciples. Yeah. you got to bear fruit. Yeah. There has to be yeah. fruit so you can prove to be a disciple. And then what's the result? The Father's glorified. Amen. I'm always amazed when we get to glorify the Father. Isn't that amazing? Or that we can be called, we get to bless the Father. Yeah. The God of the universe, I have a chance, if I'll be obedient and do what my role is supposed to be, to have, you know, we like to be blessed. Yeah. I love it when people want to bless me with a $100 bill. You guys can do that tonight if you'd like to. Um, I love that. But when you think about how great God is and how little he needs from us, but yet you have a chance to bless him and glorify him. By, and one of those glorifying ways is to bear fruit by being a disciple of Christ. I mean, my goodness, what a, what a hope and what a fun thing to be alive and living as a Christian. You know? There's a result to it, you know, and it's just good stuff. Good stuff. I don't go ahead. I'm, I, I just segued away from you there, but I'm like, my goodness, that passage, a good one. So um, we're going to take another break because, again, the the clock is flying. We, somebody left the wings on that thing before we started. So we have to go in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. But we will be back. <laughs> As Lifeline continues, if you would want to join the conversation, you can do so at 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And uh, we're we're just talking about discipleship. And and really, in a sense, what you've experienced, if you've been with us for the last uh, hour or so, is a sense of discipleship. Um, It's encouraging one another, spurring one another on to love and good deeds. And we'll talk all about that on the other side of this commercial break. Let's go check your traffic at the KFAX Traffic Center. Yeah, we are back. It is the uh, Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. By the way, you can listen to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, a great way to uh, set your alarm clock and get up in the morning with uh, a healthy dose of God's Word rightly preached. Uh, You can also listen in Sunday mornings at 8.30. Uh, That's Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard right here on KFAX, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, Sunday mornings at 8.30. And you can also visit valleybible.org and learn more about the ministry. If you'd like to call in tonight, we're at 888-367-5329. Larry and Ron are joining us tonight instead of, well, Phil was here earlier. If you were around, you got a, you got a quick dose of him. He's, he's recently had throat surgery. So, uh, they, they went in with a laser and just scraped a bunch of this garbage off of his tonsils or something. Yeah, lesions on his larynx. Lesions on his larynx. Yes. Uh, Larry is saying there's lesions on the larynx. 
Lovely. Exactly. They're uh, gone now, though. We'll uh-huh, see if he gone. can sing any better now. Exactly. I don't think it's going to help. It's not going to help. Shh, he might be listening. Something about your your larynx doesn't Shh. make you pay, on pitch. Shh, quiet. <laughs> He's probably listening on the way home. You're gonna you're gonna hurt him. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> we are talking about discipleship tonight, and you know, there's just it's. Like a diamond, it, like anything in God's kingdom, it is just multifaceted. And the joys and the delights of discipleship are really quite amazing, aren't they? Amen. They just, uh, they have a way of, in, you know, and I, and I mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, in discipling, there's a sense of discipleship. And I think if you, if you were to define it even further, um, it's just a sense of joy and delight when you find yourself being used by the Lord to pour into somebody else's life what God has poured into you, right? Yeah, amen. Yeah, I was thinking, and I believe you mentioned this earlier. I don't think it was on air, but uh, you mentioned Third John one uh, four, right? Yes. Uh, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking uh, in the truth. And so ultimately, anyone who's involved in discipleship, that's what brings tremendous joy to their heart to know that those who God's using them in their life to disciple are growing in their faith, and it's evident in how they're living their lives. It's a beautiful thing to experience. It is, uh, yeah, and I kind of uh, I brought that up as a, uh, uh, you know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and it's so much easier and less invasive in our lives if I sign a card and give it to my pastor or, you know, we get together and get them a gift. I've, I've been a part of churches that do that ad nauseum. And I sit in the back and I think, yeah, but the life that's going on in this church, I wonder if he's really happy. And how many pastors really think like that these days? Mm-hmm. I, you know, how many pastors are out there actually sitting there going, man, it's nice, but can you do what I've, I've preached? Can, can, can you follow the Lord a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think that's probably Ron and I both, and Chuck and whoever else is a Christian, been very Christian for very long. I, I know when you start to expand the word of God and teach it and preach it that I've done that and you watch people's lives and you say they're not changing what's going on yeah you know and then I'm reminded fortunately God reminds me that there were times when I wasn't changing you know and so um, I think that we just humanly you just never give up you just yeah. never give up you just keep doing what your responsibility is and my responsibility and Ron's responsibility and yours and, and anyone else out there, your responsibility is to do what God charged you to do. Right. You know, you're to be his ambassador. You're to be the one that he he uses. It's amazing how he tied this wonderful gift of salvation to our lips, to us. He uses yeah. us to be the ones that speak on his behalf. Now, he gave us the word, and I know he speaks through the word, but he gave us Men, as Ron alluded to earlier on even the sermon out of that First Corinthians, uh, where where he felt the call in his own life, um, that jars of clay passage that's an incredible passage. But, um, hey, you know, I, my responsibility is to do what God told me to do. And God's got a responsibility in this, doesn't he? Thank goodness he's got a responsibility in it. And um, I just, man... You know, I I think the uh, the English definition or the, the regular dictionary definition of disciple was to Im- it's one who embraces and assists in spreading the teaching of another. Yeah. You know, so 
first I have to embrace it. Yes. You know, and boy, when you embrace something and it permeates your life, you, you can't shut up about it. Yeah. You know, and um, nor should you. Well, it's a humbling thing to actually be a part of this mission, right? Which, oh. which we know involves disciples, making disciples ultimately when you realize that we can't make disciples. No, <laughs> right? right? Isn't that yeah. something? What's our mission? It's kind of to comforting make, too, to though. Make, yes, it is at the same time in a strange way, right? <laughs> to make disciples who make disciples, but the truth is I can't make anything. Mm-mm. It's God who does. And so I, earlier, Andy, you were talking about that caller who might be, uh, you know, uh, on, on I-80 and, and, you know, stuck right. in traffic and that sort of thing. And if they weren't experienced in this type of thing, I would just say one thing you could ask is, are they in a church that's faithfully teaching and preaching the Word right. of God? And right. I think one of the common threads of what you've heard here tonight from us is God's been at work in our life. It's been through the work that the Spirit of God does through His Word that we know is living and active. And so there are a lot of churches out there today that I would say, and I, by no means am I trying to put any down or be negative, but a lot of churches who will uh, preach good stuff, but not as many who will preach God's stuff is one way that I like right. to say yeah. it. And so uh, um, if you're not experiencing that, be sure that you're somewhere where the Word of God is being faithfully taught and proclaimed and the Spirit of God is freed up to do the work that only God can do in us to disciple us. I would add to that as well. Uh, not only is the word faithfully preached, but is Christ at the heart of it? Yeah. Is your elder brother, is your Lord and Savior at the heart of it? Is that pastor faithful to lead you to the throne of all grace and then leave you there? Because we can have right preaching. We can have solid expositional teaching of God's word. But if Christ is not a part of that, we're left without the impetus and the, the, the push, the, the, the longing and the, the desire to want to grow. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a cold knowledge. It's, yeah. it's, it's heat without flame or it's flame without heat. Yeah. It's light without heat. And we need both. And, uh, man, Christ needs to be at the heart of that. I, I, you know, what was it uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones said? If you come back and after the service and you shake my hand and say, boy, that was a great message, Pastor, or, oh, that was spot on, Doctor, mm-hmm. or, oh, what a great sermon today, uh, Preacher. He says, then I've failed. Mm-hmm. Right. He says, but if you bypass me and I, abs- I, act- I, 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 I get to hear you telling somebody else, I've never seen Christ that way, right. or isn't Christ lovely? He says, then I've gotten close right. to what God has called me to do. We're, appro- we're approaching it at least at that yes, point, right? Yes, we are. Yeah. And that's at the heart of the ministry of that pulpit. That pulpit should be spurring you on, inciting you to long for discipleship and long to disciple. Yeah, I think I would would ask the question. I'm going to ask Ron, and hopefully I'm not going to put you on too big of a spot here, Ron, but just do you think there's a cost to discipleship? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a cost to discipleship. Said Bonhoeffer. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's a huge cost to discipleship. I mean, Christian discipleship, right? We made the distinction earlier. There are a lot of different disciples. We're here talking tonight about uh, Christian disciples. And uh, yeah, I I mean, there's many. I would say one is in part the world's going to think we're crazy, right? Or the world won't respect maybe what it is that we're doing. But that's ultimately what we exist to do is to make disciples, persecution is going to come with that, uh, right? Uh, we're not to be uh, confused when persecution came comes. And Jesus says that uh, 
if they persecuted him, they're going to persecute us ultimately, right? And they did the prophets who were uh, before us. And so I, I just feel like we're in good company if we're receiving persecution for standing for Christ. And I don't mean being a jerk and beating people over the head with the Bible, but actually standing for Christ. And so, yeah, we've got to count the cost of that. Um, some of the ways that success is measured at times in ministry, uh, sometimes we know it can be largely numeric in the minds of some people, right? How many people are coming or how many conversions we have, how many this, how many that. And I think if you're going to be faithfully engaged in doing discipleship, and that's really an intentional focus of the church, it doesn't always yield the immediate uh, results that we sometimes see or count in other ways. And so if it's something that we're uh, devoted to, uh, God will do what he wants to do in his time, and we're going to believe him for what he says we're to be committed to. All right. Put a bookmark right there, because when we come back, I want to dive into that a little bit deeper, because I think there's much more to this as as, as Larry's over there going, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see your wheels turning, brother. Yeah. So there is a cost to yeah. this, and uh, I, I want to pick up on that when we come back. We have to take another time out. We'll do so. Pay bills. Check traffic. Off to the KFX Traffic Center. Another look at your commute. Lifeline train just rolling along. We're getting a little closer to our final destination here in about another half hour. We've got a few more minutes to go. We're talking about uh, discipleship. And I I do hope that you're getting a sense of what the true discipleship really is. Now, before the break, uh, uh, Ron, we were talking about some of the costs of discipleship. And uh, and there is another one that is, uh, man, much more intimate and, and much more painful. And that is the, the the giving up of self in all of this, because true discipleship will require that, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, denying ourself, um, laying aside the flesh, all those desires that we have for what we uh, want to do apart from what the Spirit of God is doing in us, that's not something that happens naturally, and that's why we need Jesus to do this transforming work that he does through the power of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives so that we can say no to self and yes to the things that the Spirit of God would have us say yes to. Absolutely. And I don't know about you, but I have often found that some of the best times of discipleship are at always the most inopportune times personally. It's that call at 1 o'clock in the morning from a troubled brother or sister who is going through a horrible time. It's your child who is interrupting something that you're doing personally that is like, oh, man, come on, kid. You know, go go play outside, right? It's always an inopportune time, but you always find that once you surrender to it, as painful as it can be at times, and I'm just being honest because I've had those moments where it's like, I don't want to answer that phone. It's two in the morning, really? No, I don't want to. No, okay, Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't. I, I don't want to talk to this person on the plane. I just want a quiet, nice airline flight to where I'm going. No, really, I want to. No, okay. It's always inopportune, but I have found on the backside it has been some of the sweetest moments. Yeah. Right. If we just be available, I think right. that's ultimately what it comes down to. And sometimes it isn't so much about the profound words we have to offer as much as it is just being uh, present and available uh, in those times. I can't help, I mean, even as you describe this, remembering 
uh, a time years ago where uh, there was a family who was in my living room on a Saturday night, uh, the night before a Sunday morning worship service. They were preparing lyrics and getting things ready for worship in the morning. The kids there with them, and we said goodbye, gave hugs like usual, and about 5 a.m. that morning, my phone rang, uh, and I got a phone call from a young lady uh, in the church and who was with us that night saying, my papa's dead, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, this was a good friend uh, of mine, and I can remember uh, driving to that home that night and uh, sitting with a woman that I love uh, dearly to this day and her daughters uh, on the couch. And I don't remember a single thing that I said, but I know I sat there with them and hugged them and cried with them and prayed with them. And uh, sometimes those things are at the very inopportune times, but it's God's timing that's most important, not our timing ultimately, right? Exactly. No. Larry, you? Yeah, I would say the very similar thing. I, I want to bring something up that I think is, um, I don't know if it's the applicable time to do it, but I've done that many times in my life, not said the applicable thing at the time. But I was just thinking as we were thinking of, of that particular circumstance of giving up your own self um, to minister to other people, to disciple other people, to to basically do your job. You, you, God's called you to be a pastor. God's called you to do these things. And even if you're not a pastor, and you've got friends or you've got people in your life that you have influence with and you have opportunity, um, remember, that's not an inconvenience. That's an opportunity. Yes, There's a big yes, difference yes. there. But I want I to just take a moment and say thank you to our wives. Yeah. Oh. Um, you know, I, I think as I was... Oh, you would have to go there. Yeah, <laughs> as I was thinking about, you know, my wife, her, um, my wife Lynn, her love language is time spent right. with me. And um, I'm still amazed to this day that that's that she even wants to spend time with me is pretty amazing. But I think there's a suffering there even for them. They have to give, you know, like you say, it was an inopportune time. Well, there's a lot of times I get phone calls and things of that nature, and um, I got to go. And I've got to, I'm just telling you from my own self, and I know uh, Ron's wife, Kim, and I know that she would say the same thing, you got to go. And that's what my wife does, you got to go. You got to, and so I'm like, you know, that's a, for, for my wife, because she does have that time factor with me, um, when she when she says that so readily, that, that what well, speaks volumes to you as far as her own discipleship of course, thought. Yeah, yeah. And then her love toward the people that we're ministering to. Yes, right. You know, she doesn't get that recognition that you get as a pastor, yeah, yeah. but she loves those people as much as you do. Sometimes more than you do because you're like, ah, oh, I don't really want to go. She goes, you got, you need to go, you know. And um, so I, I would say I, I think they they suffer in our discipleship sometimes. So I know? say if October's Pastor Appreciation Month, November becomes unofficially Pastor's Wives Appreciation Month. <laughs> there you go. I thought that was Christmas. Rolling, that's, that's, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. that's Christmas. That's Christmas. Yeah. Don't 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 go going all Hallmark on us and adding to this thing. All right. There's already too many. No, that might have been a wrong direction to take us right <laughs> can, then. Can, but. can you remember the, the the dates already? I can't. I'm, you know, great. You want to put another one on? Here? Yeah. Well, we just you know we invited this guy. I in. know. I'm sorry. Well, you know, we we were just reading that. Uh, in off off air, that Matthew sixteen twenty four, then yeah. Jesus said to his disciples, "If anyone wishes to come after me, he must not he might have to. Yeah, he must he must deny himself yeah. and take up his cross and follow me." And so, um, 
Man, I've never found anything more challenging in my life. Yeah. But I also Every, never found anything more. competes for our attention. Right, and I never found anything more rewarding, though, right? Yeah, it's just right. incredible. That's right. And um, I just think God saved us to be his ambassadors and to serve. Ephesians 2, right? You became from an object of wrath to a work of art in, in Christ, yes. right? And so, and he saved you to serve. It, there's a service factor there. And, um, man, I don't... I. I've had a lot of fun times in my life, but I don't find anything more rewarding than serving the Lord. There's just there's nothing like how, it. How, I, I, I was just yes. How can you? <laughs> it's unfathomable. I, I you know I, I will tell anybody who will listen. The five years I spent at Corcoran State Prison as a chaplain, sweetest time in my spiritual life. I, amazing. I, I have amazing moments with yeah. amazing men of God that I've had privileges to be around. Sure. You know, uh, some some of look the here tonight. Look here tonight. Just oh, you know, I'm sitting with who would who would if you would have told me ten years ago I'd be sitting with Ron Johnson. Uh, I, I, I I was not. Ron and me both would have been shocked. Yeah, just <laughs> gobsmacked. But seriously, we get we get these amazing moments. Yeah. But I tell you what, to sit there and work with men who are, you know, they know what what's the verse? Uh, he was forgiven much, loves much. Absolutely, they know. Yeah, they know what they've been forgiven from, yeah. and their love is off the charts. And the ability to go in and minister to these guys, who for all intents purposes, they know I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Basically, when you minister to me, you're preparing me to spend more time in prayer. That's what they'll tell you. Right. You know, right. Um, I, I, I've been saved. I, I've I've been forgiven. Uh, now what? Oh, I'm I'm to pray. That's their role. Wait, and Lynn. Yeah, Lynn just texts me and she agrees with November being a good month she to do that. that. Yeah. yeah just, I'm, just, I'm sorry it, to interrupt. But. I can feel it gathering support right <laughs> now <laughs> as we talk. So. Lord, help me. Here we go. <laughs> Her and Kim are going to be talking. I'm sure they'll, they'll design that. It'll be on Hallmark's <sighs> calendar next year. Next thing you know, they're going to be calling Caroline. And, 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 oh, my and, goodness. And then it's, all, it's just all yes, over. If Caroline gets a hold of it, we're Caroline, done. Yeah, we're just done. It's, our goose is cooked. So. Yeah. All right. One final time out before we close this thing down, folks, and some final thoughts and comments on discipleship. So we'll take a quick time out, come back, and join the conversation with Larry and Ron and you as we talk about discipleship here on Lifeline. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center, a final look at your commute tonight. We are back. It's uh, Lifeline, our final uh, segment here. Um, And I'm supposed to set it up, so go. (laughs) Talk about deer in the headlights. We've been talking about... uh, uh, discipleship tonight, and as we kind of close things out, Ron, we're going to leave it to you to kind of uh, close the program out tonight. You've got a, an email, and I, uh, this is your mentor, right? This yeah. is a guy who discipled you for the most yeah, part? Th- this is someone who uh, I've been blessed to have a number of men invest uh, in my life, and this was uh, shortly after I had graduated from seminary. I think it was during a time where I was actually really sick and going through a lot of difficult things physically. Already mentioned to you that uh, Pastor Phil, Pastor Rich, Pastor Ted, a lot of different men, Chuck and Larry were all a part of my life at that time and a blessing to me. Um, But I had a seminary professor, his name was Jim Roskup, Dr. Roskup. Hmm. And Dr. Roskup was, I think he's the most educated man I've ever known because he had two doctorate degrees. I don't think I know anyone else that 
has one from Dallas, one from the University of Aberdeen, yeah, don't look Scotland. At me. Uh, that's rare air. And so, yeah, a precious man. And I think what stood out to me the most is a man with all that education, the impact that he had on my life was in two large areas. In one, he loved his wife dearly. Mm. And uh, second, he was a man of prayer. And those two things impacted me heavily. Um, I would try to spend time with him. We were just talking, Andy, at the break about enjoying the game of baseball. Uh, Dr. Roscup actually took me to an Angels-Orioles game back in the day and watched uh, my high school teammate and center fielder Chris Singleton uh, play for uh, the Orioles that night, make an amazing catch. But just spending time with this man was incredibly uh, special to me. And there was a time uh, years after I had graduated from seminary where I was struggling. Here I am. I'm uh, you know, an aspiring pastor, seminary graduate. I'm supposed to have everything together in my life, right? And <laughs> devotionally, I can remember really struggling to even want to be in the Word of God at that time. And yeah. and I ran across this recently, and within the context of thinking about discipleship, I thought about how it involves our time. We were just talking about giving of ourselves and, and that sort of thing, and, and there being a cost with it. If we're not willing to give of our time and of ourselves, we're probably not going to have much of an impact in discipling anyone. And so this is years after I have left the seminary. I'm honestly under, uh, wondering if this man even remembers who I am. And I send him an email just expressing I'm struggling to be in the Word of God. I'm feeling guilty about it. And he responds with this email. Uh, and anyone who knows Dr. Roscup uh, will enjoy this because this is the type of man that he was. He said, Dear Ron, to minister in him and for him is a very great privilege. I would urge you to hang on to this, not let it go and not permit discouragement to whip you or have you under its heel. You are a son of God, washed white in the blood of Christ, that counts forever, and you are a child of the merciful God of Psalm 103, Exodus 34, and 1 John 1, 7, and 9. Whatever your failures uh, is not in keeping up, uh, whatever they are, and not keeping up a devotional time in the word and prayer. You are greatly beloved in Christ, in the beloved one of Ephesians. Forgiveness is just a prayer of humility and need away. And he remembers we are but dust, very weak, and prone to wander. Lord, I feel it, prone, prone to leave the Lord I love, as the song goes. Some of his Bible people have failed in worse ways than you have, yet have been forgiven and gone on, David and Peter, etc. Even all the disciples failed him when they fled, when the sheep were scattered from the shepherd, but he did not turn from them. He loved them and drew close again. He can draw you, his beloved one, close again too, and help you begin anew in some real and vital and refreshing kind of time in the word and prayer. Even such is the case if you start simple for a while each day or at different times in a day and pour out your heart to him. No one ever cared for you like Jesus. We never will understand the depths of his love, his pity, his mercy, his readiness to have us come close again and throw ourselves on him. Not a one of us is worthy. That is why he died for us. Hmm. Sin can cloud our minds and hearts, dim our vision, chill our spirits, and crush us down. It is a, a deceitful, treacherous enemy, and so is the devil. One of his best tools is discouragement. But we can be like David at the camp at Ziglag, 1 Samuel 36, etc. He and his men returned to the camp to rejoin families and their things and found the Amalekite raiders 
had struck the camp, plundered and made off with the wives and children, etc., since David was the returning men's leader, and in being with him, they had lost everything. A murmur went around of stoning him, a scapegoat. David did not let despair destroy him. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Chapter 30, verse 6, and Psalm 138, 3. Then, like John Wayne in a Western, he said, in effect, we're going after him. Later, he and his men overtook the marauders, hit them hard, and regained the wives, children, and belongings to return home and courage. God had helped them. Discouragement need not win the day for them, and it need not win the day for you, Ron. You have the same Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack. Review the blessings in the 23rd Psalm that David wrote. Prayer, when we trust God, can be a mighty tool. It moves the muscles of omnipotence, as Spurgeon said. And as Dick Eastman quoted in The Hour That Changes the World, the book we used in our prayer class, Montgomery said, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. And Jesus said in Matthew 7, 7 through 11, believers can ask, ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it will be open. To ask leads to receiving a gift, to seek runs on to discovering a treasure like a bonanza, and to knock at his door introduces us into the very intimate, hospitable, gracious presence and household kindness of the one who opens the door to welcome us. Luke 11, 1 through 13 gives us even some added things. I do hope and am praying and will continue to pray that God will help you recover, pick you up, renew your spirit and vision, and get you going in his joy again. You did the right thing in asking for help. And he goes on to list probably another 10 to 15 verses and then asks me to let him know how I'm doing and to know that he would be praying vitally for me at this time. That's that's discipleship. And yeah. and what what is so beautiful about this as we close out our program tonight? He didn't just disciple to you. He is now discipled to all of our listeners tonight. Yeah, amen. Who knows who's listening that needed to hear that tonight? Absolutely. That is the beauty of God's grace. It just transcends any linear thought we could ever come up with, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. And it's the power of the Word of God in what he was sharing that speaks, transforms, and disciples. My goodness, man. What a way to end the program. And again, you know, in tan with that, I can remember going through an extremely dark time myself, and a dear friend of mine, Joel Beakey, uh, I complained that I, I couldn't read my Bible the way I normally do. And he said, well, who said you had to? Find your favorite passage, open it up, leave it on the kitchen table, and every time you walk past it, just read a couple, three verses of your favorite passage until God can free you up to move into deeper, more yeah. uh, extensive passages of Scripture in the Bible. But you said, yes. he's alive, sharper and active, than, uh, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Comforting thing when you're there. Comforting thing when you're there. Yeah. When you can't read, when you just can't, you can always cry out. And he said that the Holy Spirit would groan on your behalf. Yeah. And so um, I would encourage you to do that. But Ron, what a letter to treasure. Man. Because there'll be another time in your life where you'll feel exactly like you did before. And what a way to close the program out, too. Perfect. My goodness. Friend, thank you for joining us. 
Ron Johnson, Larry Howard, guys, what a sweet treat tonight was. And I appreciate you and thank you for spending time with us talking about all things discipleship. Hopefully, you, our listeners, have uh, taken some something to heart and are walking away encouraged in Christ. Thank you to uh, Wanda Sanchez, our producer, and you, uh, the ears, for all of this. It's been a pleasure. We always enjoy spending time with you. We'll do it again next month fourth Friday of every month. It's our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And until then, may God richly bless you as you seek to be discipled and disciple.